We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned out, up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers and your host. And my guest today is Michael Stelsner. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, Michael is the CEO and founder of Social Media Examiner, as well as Social Media Marketing World, the shirt he's got on today, <laughs> as well as he has a very popular marketing podcast of social media marketing. And um, I was a guest on that a little bit earlier this year, which was a lot of fun. But um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we want to get a little bit more of your backstory beyond that. How did you? How did you come to be this head of all these different companies <laughs> essentially yeah um well back in the day i was a writer and i started well actually if i go back far enough i was a i owned a creative agency and what we did in the early 90s and into the 2000s was we worked with high-tech companies designing logos designing websites trade show booths annual reports the whole shebang and as we moved into the mid-2000s, we noticed that there was this writing thing that became very popular known as white papers. And a white paper is like an article meets a brochure. So I started writing for a lot of big companies like Microsoft, Dow Jones, FedEx, Hewlett Packard. Eventually wrote a book called Writing White Papers and kind of became known as the guy in the world of white papers. Oh. Trained thousands of journalists that were get, going out of work, right? Because online media was starting to crush traditional print media. And in the process, I began to notice this thing called social media rising up. Yeah. And I started writing about social media and how you could potentially use white papers and use them on the social platforms to generate leads. And I also started writing for some really big publications. And they came back to me and said, the stuff you're writing for us is the most popular stuff that we've published in the last year. Oh, wow. And I began to realize, holy cow, there's something here. So immediately went out grabbed the domain socialmediaexaminer.com, uh, registered a trademark thinking the San Francisco Examiner was going to sue me because I thought they owned the word examiner. Oh, okay. And uh, just reached out to a bunch of my writing friends and said, hey, you want to you wanna write for us? And before you know it, the thing just blew up very, very quickly. Oh, wow. That's great. And then from there, you snowballed that success. Yeah, so basically what happened after that is I had an idea of starting a conference. Okay. But I, in the beginning, wanted to do it all online because I didn't want to have all the crazy expenses of all these other conferences that I had seen. So the very first year, we funded Social Media Examiner by doing online events, and we sold thousands of tickets. It was essentially a webinar that yeah. people paid for. And um, in the first year, we brought in almost $2 million just selling these online events, like on Facebook, marketing, social wow. media marketing. And then a couple of years later, I got the bug to start a physical conference. So mm. I first started a podcast. Yeah, you proved it out that way. Well, no, the podcast was called Social Media Marketing. Right. I started it nine months before the conference. I interviewed the speakers on the podcast. Yeah. And that helped promote the conference. Does that oh, okay. make sense? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So I built that media up that way. That's awesome. And so how many, how many years have you been doing Social Media Marketing World now? Uh, this will be our eighth year. Eighth year? Yeah. Okay, as a physical as a physical, a conference, physical conference, and the company turns 10 in just a couple of months. This okay, year. so it was a couple of years prior to that that you had been doing kind of the webinar. The online style. stuff, yeah. Yep. Well, I shouldn't say webinar, but it's like yeah. We didn't webinar. call it webinar. Right. We called our blog a magazine, and we called it like online conferences back in the day. Yeah, that's very cool. And um, it's a really good location to do it. San Diego, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. 
That's that's where you live now, right? Yeah, you're in yeah, San, yeah, San Diego. Diego. Okay. Um, well, that's really cool. So, how many people? How many people do you have around you? Um, like what team are your wise? teams? Yeah, teams consist. We have uh, 19 full time employees, 65 people with contractors included in that. So, like about 40 something uh, on the part time slash contract kind of basis. Okay. Are most of them remote, or most of them in San Diego? Uh, we have about. I think 11 in our headquarters office okay. in San Diego. And then some other people work from home in San Diego. And then we've got people that work all over the country out of their house. Okay, cool. Well, the name of this podcast is From Poop to Gold, which is always the theme of how you've gone from a really crappy situation and turned it into something positive. Yes. What comes to mind when I bring that question up? What comes to mind in your life or your career that is kind of a, a highlight of that type of a theme? Well, it's kind of interesting because there was a situation where it was about three years into the company and I was, I was riding that wave of social media when it was really hot. We're talking around 2011 approximately. And I decided that I wanted to go into a completely different space, the parenting space. And I wanted to be also known as someone who, uh, basically well let me back up so you have kids of your own i'm assuming i got three girls and at the time my girls were using all these little nintendo games and stuff like that and they were completely digitally addicted okay and i thought to myself on top of this i'm an entrepreneur okay and i'm a busy marketer and i don't have a lot of time to come up with fun ideas to do with my kids yeah so i thought to myself what if i come up with a publication that helps busy parents like me do fun non-digital activities inside the house in the backyard and in the great outdoors okay so i thought to myself maybe this could allow me to be the next walt disney and that was my game plan okay. i literally thought to myself that i would oh, you were thinking like big i was vision. thinking big i was thinking i want regional theme parks with adventure stuff and crazy oh, stuff okay yeah so my first salvo was going to be all right i did the white paper thing i did the social media thing can i get into the parenting space so i invested a lot of money hired staff launched a a blog called mykidsadventures.com. Okay. And we published articles every day about fun activities that parents could do with their kids for an entire year. Also started a podcast called Parenting Adventures. And I interviewed like wildlife experts and psychologists and all that kind of fun stuff. And I thought this would just take off. And the blog kind of did take off. Um, But about it, but my problem was, I built it up to a couple hundred thousand readers a month. Okay. And I just figured these people would naturally do what, what they did on social, that they would start sharing my posts on social media. And it turns out they weren't sharing it. So how were they even finding it in the first place? They were finding it because social media examiner was promoting a little bit of it in the beginning. Oh, okay. And so it was piggybacking and, off of the success. And I was starting to come up in search. So I was starting okay. to index and search. Okay. But the key to the whole thing was to try to get people to share it socially. Yeah. And I realized my big disconnect that these busy parents, they're not going to share a kid's activity thing. They're going to share something to do with their work. Right. And I, and I realized yeah. a little bit late, like, wow, one of the key metrics, which was to get people to socially share this stuff, but the the busy mom and dad, the last thing they're going to share in their profile is like how to do a adventure in your backyard. Right. You know, they're going to be sharing something to do with business. In addition, we weren't able to get them on the email list. And with Social Media Examiner, we'd grown up 10,000 subscribers in the first 90 days. And the key to the whole thing was getting email subscribers. 
Um, like today, Social Media Examiner gets about 20,000 email subscribers a month, which is really critical to our growth. So they weren't sharing it socially. They weren't getting on the email list. So it got really, really hard. So I spent at this point about $300,000. It was at the one-year mark. We go to this big conference called Blog Her, which is where a lot of the mommy bloggers were. And the hope was that we could get brands you know, to come on board, went to the conference, realized that while a lot of the brands were there, the people in the booth didn't work for the brands. They were wow. working for agencies that were hired and didn't know a thing other than a script that was given to them. Okay. Walked to, and, and I talked to lots of other bloggers that were way bigger than Social Media Examiner, and they were telling me they were making no money off of advertising. And in my mind, I thought, this will be an ad play. And then when I realized that my contemporaries in the industry who were bigger than even Social Media Examiner were making a fragment of what I was making at Social Media Examiner just off of advertising, I said, oh, no. Because at this point in my thing, I'm distracted right now, right? Because yeah. I've got this side project going on and Social Media Examiner is growing like hotcakes. And, you know, that bird in the hand versus two in the bush concept, yep. I was going after the ones in the bush. So I came back from that conference made the announcement that we're shutting down the entire business. I kept all the employees and repositioned them into different positions. And then I doubled down on the thing that I was good at instead of getting distracted at this big shiny object. Wow. Wow. That's, that was a big risk and a I big just, lesson. I right? had a lot of hubris. I figured, Oh, I can do it for a third time. And, and in my brain, I'm like, if I can do it three times, I got a model that I can sell. That's what uh, I was thinking. Uh huh. But little did I realize like, Oh man, like I was so distracted and you know, that was quite a few years ago. It's 2019 right now. Right. So yeah. the lesson I learned is to not let, um, is to do a lot more research before you dig in. Had I actually figured out what the business models of my peers were that were blogging about this kind of stuff. And I realized how little money they were actually making off of display advertising Yeah, and how little sponsorship revenue there was back then. I probably wouldn't have done it. I gotcha. And nowadays, you know, this kind of stuff, people on YouTube can make a lot of money with this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But I don't think back then I was, I didn't even have my eyes on YouTube back then. Yeah. It was all blogging. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a good story. But like you said, at the end of it, you were able to flip it by basically just acknowledging, okay, yeah, I made a mistake, right? Yeah. I realized I made a mistake. I talked about that. I made a mistake publicly, which turned out to be a really smart move for me. Yeah. I published a podcast episode, which I code uh i think it's called failure and it's all my lessons and i talk about my three hundred thousand dollar mistake and i talk about the lessons that i learned from it and surprisingly that podcast episode i had more response from that than anything i'd ever done ever because i realized wow being authentic and being transparent about the lessons that i learned was super valuable to others that were about to go down that path oh yeah but moral of the story is yeah it was uh you, you know i don't think as you probably know from all the people you've been interviewing that Anyone, anybody who has any level of success, they go through some pretty big failures along the way. Oh yeah, it's well, it's in those moments where you, I think, you get to your lowest of lows. The desperation kicks into the point that you have to make di difficult decisions that you've been putting off, or you have to view things through a different lens that provides clarity and truth. And um, some of the greatest creativity comes in those moments too, because it's like, right. what have I got to lose? I've got to. You know, I've got to do something else than right. what I'm doing. So, and a couple of really interesting lessons that I learned. First of all, um, the concept of a stopping list. I realized there's only so many hours that I have in the day and so much that I can do. 
especially if I'm not willing to sacrifice certain things like time with my family or other important things like God. So what I decided to do was every year come up with a stopping list. And every year I, ever since then I eliminate things that are not working. And it got really easy because when I eliminated something huge that I had made an investment in, I realized I survived. And I realized if I can eliminate something that big, then I can start eliminating other smaller things in my life and in my work so that I can keep trying new things. So define this a little bit better for our audience. So a stopping list is basically... The opposite of a to-do list. Yes, basically taking an inventory of the things that you are doing currently and saying, what can I stop and I'll be okay, right? Yes, and it's even more than that. Okay. Desiring to come up with an elimination list every year. Okay. So literally at our conference, we eliminate things from it every year that are non-essential so that we can be open for the possibility of new things. So for example, last year at our conference, we decided to do something very controversial. We decided to no longer feed everyone. That was on our stopping list. Saved us a lot of money. And it also didn't really ruin the user experience. So we are willing to like the process of like analyzing things very deeply. What's the risk? What's the reward? If we're not so focused on this one thing, what can we do? So my personal belief is that you need to constantly stop things so that you can be open to starting new things. I love it. I love it. Have you read the book Essentialism? No, but I've heard about it and it sounds like it's aligned, huh? (laughs) Yes, it is very much aligned. Yeah, it's one that we've um, studied at Harmon Brothers. But yeah, I think you'd like it. Essentialism, there's a... There's a subtitle below that. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm totally gonna, familiar with the concept. It, it, it's very much the power of saying no to certain things and of right. eliminating things and focusing in on your strengths and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the process of, of cutting things um, has become a cultural thing that people understand inside the company. And I've trained my employees like, hey, what we hired you to do might not be what you're going to be doing a couple of years from now. And I hope you're okay with it because we learn, we adapt. I often use the analogy rather than having a plan and sticking to it 100%, we kind of let the tides move us in whatever direction we need to go. And we alter course constantly and it allows us to be very nimble. Yeah, very cool. Great, great advice. So um, with with your company, as you talk, talk me through your marketing fundamentals. Okay. Like, so you, you obviously have to get um, social media examiner out there and stuff. Is it mostly an SEO type of thing or social media marketing world has to get out there? Like, yes. how do you, how do you get the wor- word out? How do you share your story with the world through marketing? So, uh, in my second book launch, I came up with this concept called the elevation principle. It's very simple. Great content plus other people minus marketing messages equals growth. So from the very beginning, we were all about a content first strategy, podcast, blog, YouTube, live show, Alexa flash briefing, just giving it all away for free, the best content we could possibly create. The other people is we don't create a lot of it on our own. Instead, we leverage experts like yourself Mm -hmm. or what you're doing with me to create the content so that we can bring the best possible advice from the best experts to our audience. The minus marketing messages means that we try never promoting our product in any of the content that we create. Instead, it's brought to you by. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's brought to you by social media marketing world. Yeah. And on the blog, we don't accept third-party ads. So instead, we'll have an ad for our product maybe in the middle of a blog post. So it's a very subtle approach, but the approach is to grow a loyal, fanatical following by delivering such indispensable, valuable content that they want to tell their friends about it. 
yeah. and that they feel like there is no ulterior motive with this content at all. And that just has allowed us to come kind of explode. Yeah. You know, like we have 14 million people a year that are reading our blog, 330,000 people that we email three days a week on our email list, 400,000 downloads on our podcast every month. And it's just kind of blown up Yeah, and it allows us to use that earned media yeah. to basically do almost all of our marketing. We hardly spend anything on advertising at all. Okay. All just through the content that people are actually seeking out and wanting to yeah. engage and, with. And, and learn Google from. search is a big part of it, obviously. It's yeah. a huge part of our traffic. Social used to be a big part of it until Facebook and Twitter yeah. decided they're not going to yeah. drive traffic. Right. You know? um, but we ebb and flow based on what's happening in the industry. Well, that's really good advice. So then a lot of it is, like you said, bringing in experts. How do you go about networking? Are they mostly coming to you or what are your... What are your go-to it's, it's principles fascinating. for networking? It's fascinating. When you have something that experts want, they seek you out. Yeah. Um, so it's not very hard. And for example, with our conference, we recruit 100% of our speakers. So there's okay. no application process. But the way that I find experts is I listen to lots of podcasts, about 20 a week. Uh, in addition, I attend events and I network. And the people that I know are good often refer people to me. We go through a very complicated vetting process where we're trying to find people that truly have demonstrated public expertise on the topic. Like they've yeah. talked about it in other podcasts, they've written about it, they've done videos about it. So it's a very exhaustive process. We're very selective about who we choose. But my podcast is kind of the, the linchpin to the whole thing. Yeah. So in your case, for example, you were invited on my podcast. Right. And it's like a vetting ground, if you will, for me to put you to the test yeah to see whether you know your stuff yeah because essentially i went on the podcast and then you invited me to go speak at social media marketing world exactly and it also allows me to get to know you better right yeah. so yeah. that it's easier for you to say yes because you realize i'm not some crazy bozo yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you might be but <laughs> a likable one aware no, of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah that's awesome yeah and then you know once people come to the conference oftentimes they want to come back because yeah. we try really hard to make it a win-win-win for everybody yeah yeah, no, it was a good, it was a really good experience. And just being in San Diego was fun. Yes, that helps <laughs> a little ride bit. Ride around on the Lime scooters. It's always fun. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for com coming on and making time for this. Michael, oh, my really pleasure. appreciate it. Again, if people want to search you out, where, where do you want them to go? I would love it if you check out our YouTube channel, okay. Social Media Examiner, youtube.com slash social media examiner. Uh, or you could check out my podcast social media marketing podcast or you can just google social media and you'll find us yeah listing number two or three there you go yeah that's like you said google seo coming into play there so we've got a little gift here oh, from wow. some of our clients so Sweet. thank you for coming on thank and you. then i think you already have this one i do have you this do one have this okay yes. well, then it'll just stay right there it's a, good, it's <laughs> a perfect you, prop unless you have some no 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 i have i have at least two of them i think actually okay well that's our book from poop to gold and he's already got it on his shelves yes but. i have it okay thank you so much well thank you again a lot of fun really great to hear your backstory of how you've come to where you are and thank you guys so much for listening and for watching remember to like and comment and subscribe share all that good stuff and we'll see you on the next one